Hello, everybody. Bob Oxley here, and it's time for tips, topics, issues, and positions. And today's topic is Dixie State University's decision to go Division I uh, in athletics uh, starting in 2020. And uh, my pleasure uh, is to have back Dr. Jason Booth, the athletic director for Dixie State University. And I've received a lot of questions over the last week since the uh, formal announcement was made on Friday of last week. And uh, Dixie State's moving forward to Division One. So welcome back. Thank you. Dr. Booth. Appreciate it. All right. Glad to be here. Uh, listen, uh, if you talk about excitement, uh, both <laughs> on this campus and in the community and yeah. all sorts of uh, conjecture going on. Uh, so I'm just going to have some fun here and just ask you some questions because I know you've, you, you've had open forums for the community. Yeah. Uh, you also made the formal announcement. The governor even came down. Governor Herbert came down and the... Uh, yep. Uh, Lieutenant Governor was here, and uh, just uh, I, I have the opportunity to sit in on that announcement uh, in the old gymnasium yep. there. That was a, that was kind you. of unique. <laughs> it was kind of unique. Yep. So let's let me get started then. Division One, Dixie State University. I know you say the starting date is July the first in twenty twenty. Correct. But I am sure between now and July first <laughs> of twenty twenty, there is a lot to do, yep. and. Um, I guess to start off with, the the big question mark, we're going to be entering the Western Athletic Conference. We talked about this before, and ironically, last time you were on the air on this program, uh, we were talking about the feasibility study, mm-hmm. whether or not we were going to go to Division One. and yep. wow, a yep. lot has happened since yep. you were on last. So can you kind of give us an idea, I guess the, the one big question, one of the big questions that came forward was, wait a minute, Western Athletic Conference does not have a football program and we're going to be starting out brand new in Division One. Uh, how many years is it going to be before we are competitive? How many years does it take to get a program to get something started? And can you just give yep. us a, a ballpark? I know you've thought this through, so okay, go ahead. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, we believe we're going to be competitive from day one. Um, are we going to have a winning season? Uh, it, it, who knows? Um, the challenge, we will have a significant challenge with our schedule. Um, being an independent, and we know that. Um, we, we have the advantage of having the big sky schools all over our region that will have buys that are willing to play us. Unfortunately, at the beginning of this experience for us, beginning in 2020, um, those schools are really not able to come to us um, because of the way the schedules lay out. So it's okay. It's just people are going to have to be patient with who we're playing and where in the first few years. So our home schedule the first season may not have a single Division One coming to St. George. And that's very common, very common in, in a situation like this. So we may, we'll have Division Twos, maybe some NAIs, just to felt we want home games. Um, and they'll be competitive. I mean, they'll be good games. It's um, probably most likely the, the teams that we are used to playing in the GNAC and even some RMAC schools. Okay. Um, but as we go along, in 21, that'll get a little bit less, in 22, a little bit less, in 23 and 24, you know, you know, even less and less. We're trying to be all Division One in twenty one. We're going to try, but it's going to be hard because those teams have got full schedules at this point or close to full. And um, there's a lot of options that we can do um, as far as teams that are more out of our regions. For example, in, in, you know, in the southeast and in the east coast, that we can get into agreements with where we go there, they come here, fill out a schedule. And so that's probably what we'll end up doing. But um, just to preface the schedule piece. Um, it may not be real sexy the first couple of years, just just to warn everybody. But it'll be fun. Our, our program then will have a chance to grow 
and experience some success um, because it will be a tough sled when we're going to be playing SUU in our first game. I mean, they're a good program. They're established. What's the date for that again? September 5th, 2020. Everybody listen to that. September 5, 2020 at SUU. SUU. Oh, yeah. Mark that on your calendar. Yeah, and we've um, we've got other big sky schools, and we've got a pretty good schedule coming together for 2020. But it won't be easy. However, at the same time, our program is going to be growing over this next, you know, in this recruiting class right now. Coaches are out recruiting right now for Division One, wow. um, and then the, then this next recruiting class after this one will be the first really really important one. Um, not that this one isn't important; it's really important too. But we'll have a Division Two year to kind of get our feet under us, but. Um, not to say that we're going to go undefeated in Division Two this next year, and that's not the case whatsoever. With a coaching change and transition, we still have may have some growing pains there. But it's all worth it because in the long run, this program will be ready and will be successful at Division One. And as an independent, we'll have the ability to craft our schedule how we want it. Um, I know, for example, um, in 24, it looks like our first three games, when our excuse me, in 2024, our first year of full eligibility, it looks like our first three games will be at home. Wow. All against Division One teams. Wow. So we it, that'll be fun. And to get those teams here, they're probably not used to the heat. I mean, we're talking late August is the first game. So welcome to St. George. You know, let's <laughs> yeah, go. That's for sure. So, you know, it, that, it's it's hard for people to understand the, the schedules. You know, we, we've got some two-for-one agreements out there where we're going to someone twice and they're coming here once. That's all they can do. You know, they, they really have one game to fill, one slot to fill in 20 and 21, but then they can do a home and away. Got so it. that's why it's a two-for-one, where we're going to take the money that they're going to give us for that that first game, where it's a single game, in theory, and then we'll be home and away. And then we'll start to build home and aways, home and aways, home and aways with everybody. Beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. I'm excited. But the program, I, I mean, it again, we're not, not going to say we're going to come into Division One and dominate. There's no, there's, That's not even possible for teams that are established. Um, but uh, we, we know we'll have some growing pains and um, have take some tough losses, but um, it, it, the team is going to be competitive and, and be right there and have a product that everyone can be proud of. Okay. As far as the scholarships are concerned, we've jumped to, as far as uh, potentially, we could have 63, 63 just for the football. Correct. For football. Yeah. Um, of that 63, can we implement that next year? No. We next, cannot implement it until officially July correct. 1st, 2020. Yeah, because we're still okay. under Division Two rules next year. So that maximum per the RMAC rules is 34. The Division Two maximum is 36, but the RMAC has a limit um, just in the, within the conference of 34. Okay. So we'll be within 34. But here's, the, again, what a lot of people don't understand is that in Division One, you can give a, a maximum of 60, Division One FCS, where, we'll, where we will be, 63 equivalency full scholarships to a maximum of 85 guys. So, you, you know, if you have an 86th guy on the roster, he's got to be a walk-on. So in Division Two, there isn't that limit. So you can give any number of guys up to a maximum of 34 scholarships. Got it. So right now, we're giving aid to 86 guys. Wow. So it's not going to change a ton other than those guys that are getting aid are going to get more. And so that, that mixture of the talent that we, we want to give a full ride to is going to change. There, may, there, may, there are guys on the roster today that we want to give a full ride to. And, and then the, with recruiting classes, you know, we'll, we'll upgrade the talent and the team will become better as a result with the, up, the additional scholarship. Okay. So. I, I, a scheduling, one of, the, one of our uh, listeners called in and said, uh, this is a piece of advice from him. 
uh, indicating, everybody has a place oh, yeah. for you. Uh, this would be use St. George's weather to get the teams to come here in uh, November or in late, well, late October. I said, you, you know, in other words, talked about the uh, North Dakota and that type of thing to see the get, get them yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, they, remember, they play in domes, so yeah. they don't care about the weather, <laughs> um, at least in North Dakota. Um, the issue with late season is that they're in conference. So they don't have any openings. Uh, they will have, like the big sky, they have buys um, late in the year. And so we have to get really creative with some of those teams um, where we will be playing them later in the year. But we got to get creative and see if they're willing to take their buy earlier in the year, like in week two or three, where they would have an opening that they would then just not play somebody in order to then get into their conference schedule and then play all their conference plus us without a, without a break, like midway through the season. And a lot of them are willing to do that. Um, to get another home game or to you know make an easy trip to here to St. George or in their minds a perceived easy road win. Well, by the time we get to that point, it may not be such an easy road win. Um, and we don't have any plans to make it one um, an easy road win for any for any means. But um, it it's you know the weather is a is a, an advantage for us, especially when the, we do have openings. Like I was saying in 24, we've got those three home games at the very beginning of the season. They're not going to be used to 100. Five. That's right. Weather, even with so. a six p.m. start. Yeah, right. even seven o'clock. We yeah. may even go to seven o'clock to make it easier for the fans, um, because we'll be independent. We won't be limited to conference rules as we are now for when we have to start. So. Got it. All right. Um, I was made aware of something uh, that's uh, from the NCAA called a transfer portal, mm-hmm. and uh, it has something to do with by uh, if there's uh, st- uh, student athletes in a program and they decide to leave the program for whatever reason. Yep. And it's the NCAA rule is that they that the indiv- the institution where they're coming from has to post their name and availability on mm-hmm. a roster within forty eight hours. Yeah. With this transfer portal, do you think that might be um, helpful to recruiting for Dixie State University because we're just getting started, sure. and it would be the thinking is that these student athletes have already been reviewed, yeah. approved, and they're leaving a program for whatever the reason. Do you think that's, that might? That's the tricky part is why are they leaving? Right. Um, okay. And so while it'll be a lot more transparent and easier for us to find out that they're available, then the work begins is, okay, why? Why are they leaving? Is it just because they just haven't played and, and they want a chance to start? Well, then awesome. Great. But there are a long list of reasons, other reasons why they may be leaving. Just disgruntled. And is that the type of person you want on your team? Yeah. Uh, is it uh, they just want to come home, you know? And are they from St. George or from Utah or Southern Utah? Well, then great, you know. So it 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 doesn't erase those questions as to why someone is going to be leaving because there, are, the transfer portal isn't allowing more kids to to transfer. It's making it more transparent and making the word get out faster that they're available and having everyone be able to look at it. So in in some ways it makes it easier. In some ways it makes it more difficult because now more people know about it. And can jump in and you know maybe steal somebody that back in the day where if they knew that we knew about this kid that was going to be transferring we can jump in and sign him, but yet the bigger schools may not know about it because you were friends with one of the coaches Got and it. they gave you a heads up. But now it's on the transfer portal and everyone can see it, so it might make it a little bit harder. Does this does this form also? You brought up about why are they leaving? Does mm-hmm. it give an indication as to why are we are we as Dixie State allowed to contact that university and find out? Oh sure. Out? Yeah, we can call the coaches and okay. find out why. Yeah, I, but I, I have not 
this is it's pretty new, and um, our associate AD for compliance handles all that for us. And I have not physically myself been into the portal to see what information's on there. I doubt that it, there's any information on there. I, from what I recall, it's just their name and their institution position, and you know that they they're they're on the transfer portal. Got it. Um, is there any limitation next year division? Or excuse me, when, once we go into Division One, is there a limitation as to how many Division Two schools that can be can, can play in? A, I'm thinking football yes. now. Is yeah, there, football specifically. In order for our games to count um, as a counter Division One game, whether we're playing an FCS school on our same level or uh, an FBS team for bowl eligibility, so the FCS team for playoff implications for them or an FBS team for bowl implications, in order for a game to count, because we're a provisional team for four years, um, we have to play at least 50% of our games against Division One competition. Okay. So we have to, for in an 11-game season, well, in either 11 or 12, we have to play at least six. Okay. And so that's what we're trying to get to in that 2020 years, playing at least six. And again, most of those are going to be on the road, if not all of them, and then, you know, finish up with non-Division Twos, uh, or excuse me, non-Division Ones at home, but we're still trying to get uh, – if we can get a Division One to come here in 20, we're, we're going to take it if we can. You know, like you indicated, um, yeah. conferences going on and getting near yeah. the end. And-, and and then there's there's other there's, – there's numbers for other sports too that uh, that will limit us for our games to count. But in our transition period, it won't matter okay. um, for us for it to count. But we'll have to be sensitive to make sure that we don't play too many so that our games against those other Division One opponents will count uh, for their eligibility for the postseason even though – we're not going to the postseason for four years. Okay, so we're not eligible to go to the postseason until 2024. Correct. Is that the first That's right. year? Mm-hmm. So re- really we got uh, six years of getting ready to, yeah. to launch and ramp well, up. Well, the and, remainder of this year, uh, next year, and then four, so five. Yeah, five. Five full seasons, yeah. Okay. Um, as far as basketball is concerned, uh, this is listeners that also are feeding mm-hmm. back. They're all. They say they've always been proud of this basketball program that we have yep, here, yep. and the women's pr- basketball is really starting to yes, they are. come together. Yep. I had the opportunity to watch them the other night. Yep. Um, they th- correct me if I'm wrong, but they said that the transition from Division Two to Division One for Dixie State on basketball, both women's and men's basketball, is going to be less difficult than it is for the football. Oh, program. absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah. Can you can That's, you elaborate on that? Because uh, sure, just, just well, just if it if, if numbers helps, if the listeners are, are more quantify uh, quantifiably driven, um, think about the difference in the type of talent that we're going to be able that other teams can attract with sixty three scholarships versus thirty four. So that is a huge difference in talent that's on the field. For example, Division two, we're not even allowed to play an FBS team with wow. eighty six scholarships. We can't play Utah or BYU even if they wanted to play us right now as a Division two. It's not allowed. Because they know that okay, that difference, that that ain't that's not fair. That's not going to happen. Um, we'd love to to get the guarantees that they pay, but but now when we go to FCS, we can play them. Um, so just looking at the transition from a Division two to an FCS, thirty four to to sixty three, that's a huge difference. In basketball, it's only right now the equivalency for basketball um, is ten. Wow. And it only it goes up to thirteen. That's interesting. Yeah. So with the addition of three more. Guys, I mean that's not that big of a difference. So no. we're basically there already. We we change who you know, kind of the mixture of who we're giving what to, um, and you know, full rides. Again, some guys will have we kind of will will we'll get the short end of that and or have to walk on and not be able to be on aid. Um, 
as we grow into a Division One program. But the difference is we'll have a more of an opportunity to get Division One level athletes because the opportunities elsewhere are just as limited. Okay. You know, thirteen. We're we're not too far off to make up that difference. If this that makes is, sense. This is yes, it does. Very interesting. Um, let me just move around the, the schedule here. What about baseball and softball? Mm-hmm. Do we have? Is it going to be less of a stress as compared to the football program on the baseball? Yep. Cause yes, because of, of the same reasons. Same reasons. Yeah. Um, the um, uh, uh, plus our, our programs are, are pretty well established in those two sports as well. Football is still growing, so a little bit of some growing pains even still with that. Um, but baseball, we've got Division One athletes for both of those programs today yes so uh, that transition won't be as um painful we hope again what we're going to have some pains in there um just because it's a different level but um it won't be as of an uphill climb as it will be for football okay what about some of the other sports uh that we currently have mm-hmm. um is it is it, are the coaches behind this are they excited oh, about this yeah and they are yeah i just I, I uh, just by a week ago, just having an opportunity to talk to a few people, uh, the coaches seem to be mm-hmm. 100% uh, Division One. Let's go! Yeah. It's going to help out well, the university. Why, and, you know, why wouldn't they be? All of a sudden, you go from a Division Two head coach to a Division One head coach. That's, that's true. Pretty good. That's a promotion true. without really doing anything. But, um, but the expectations will change. You know, so they they get that and they know that. Um, um, no. Uh, yeah, right now we want our basketball teams to get to the NCAA tournament every year, you know, and then we know the women's program is growing, but baseball traditionally has gotten there. Softball's traditionally gotten there. Yes. Softball's gotten there every single year we've yeah. been able to. Um, basketball every year, but two um, on the men's side. Um, so that's the expectation, you know, and anything short of that is disappointing. Um, and winning a conference championship is awesome and it's exciting, but that's not the end goal at Division Two. It's getting to the NCAA tournament and advancing and trying to win a regional championship, if not a national championship. Got it. Still very, very difficult to do. Um, Division One, those expectations are, are going to be um, less in a way. You know, our men's basketball team, we're not going to expect to get to the NCAA tournament every single year because it's a different – it's a, just a different thing. I mean, you know, we're not going into the ACC and have an ACC-level basketball team and, you know, expect to be really powerful and be in the top half of that and get an at-large bid every year. That's not going to be the the whack. That's not the whack. The whack is a very strong basketball league. So, but even still, traditionally, they've only gotten one into the NCAA tournament with their automatic bid. Okay. Uh, on occasion, as it gets stronger and the strength of schedules throughout the conference gets stronger, you may see a second, you know, team get in with an at-large bid. But that's going to take time. So um, that's why our expectations can't be you got to get to the NCAA tournament every single year. Well, <laughs> well, then you're going to fail most of the time. Now, Grant, when we get to the NCAA tournament, it's going to be huge. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Those... Um, but the expectations are, w- would be we win an, uh, a conference championship. That's amazing. Win a conference championship. That's incredible. We're probably getting to the NCAA tournament um, with that because you can win a regular season conference championship, not win the conference tournament championship, and not get into the NCAA tournament. That's right. So, But you win a WAC championship, hang that banner, that's a pretty remarkable year. Um, even more so than Division Two winning a RMAC or a PacWest championship, getting to the NCAA tournament, and you know doing whatever in that. Okay. Um, so that's what the expectations will change. So they are excited to get in and give it a chance and 
recruit a different level of athlete and compete at a higher level. Um, we've had discussions with them ongoing for the last six months, you know, as we started exploring this and just to gauge their, their expertise and their thoughts and opinions, mm -hmm. because they're going to be the ones, they're the boots on the ground, like really out there, you know, the questions of, can we recruit, you know, student athletes, most, some sports we knew we can, cause we're already doing it. Uh, other sports is, you know, what does it look like? Can we recruit them? What do you think? What are, how are our facilities? The, all, the whole list. And they're they're on board and, and fired up and ready to go. It's it's a fantastic thing. It's going to happen. Um, I'm getting a lot of positive feedback on from our listeners. Um, as far as promotions concerned, um, and our and our listeners aren't naive. Mm -hmm. uh, they're a minor concern is the cost of going to the athletic events. Um, is it going to be cost prohibitive because no. they're used to bringing the families and well, we probably will not be able to do kids 18 and under for free, but it's not going to be um, so much so that they won't be able to afford to come to the games. We'll still have promotions and have free tickets out in the community and whatnot, but we will have to be smart and um, you know charge a little bit more and be more strict with who we're getting letting in for free because we have to pay for it. You know, we, there's a cost that comes with it. You know, when we're playing in a Mexico State on a regular basis in the in the WAC memberships have, have its privileges, but it also has its responsibilities that we're going to have to um, pay for it. Now, we're not a, our pro forma does not have us um, building up our, our revenue base with ticket sales alone. That's a part of it, a very small part of it. Um, but I don't foresee, I mean, we're, we're at uh, $12 for a reserved and 9 for a general mission right now, yeah. which is, I, I don't see it going up too much more than that. Okay. What what we may have is for specific targeted games, you might see it be a little bit more, um, and we might be have a little bit more room in that case to do some promotions with those games. But um, it like let's say for example in a amazing scenario we were able to get um, uh, Arizona men's basketball to come in and play us for somehow you know we might have to go there for two years and then they come here for one year. Well, to help the program out, we, we might increase the cost for that one game, you know to. Yeah. $16 or $20 a, a person, you know, and a little bit and cheaper for the kids as opposed to 12 and nine. It, that's an idea. We haven't even started thinking about that or even putting plans into place. Um, but for the most part, it, it will be pretty close to where we're at today. Um, booster club memberships is really going to be in the season tickets and the booster club memberships that we're going to really need help. Um, we might have some slight changes with that where our booster club membership may not include your tickets but um, it will, in order to you join the booster club, in order for the right to buy season tickets. But in the end, you're spending the same amount of money. Yeah. That, you know, so it, it's some just some slight changes like that, just to start establishing some um, a bigger base to really draw from and and have the support of. I um, I just want to tell you that uh, when you made this announcement a week ago, um, I didn't know what the reaction would be. Mm -hmm. And it's been positive, positive, positive. Yeah. Especially the people outside of the university. Yep. It, we, we talked about this last time we were together about yeah. community and that. Yeah. What an opportunity. Yeah. And, 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 and we're sensitive. So to come back to your question about the cost, you know, we, we're not going to, we don't want to overcharge. And so that will be this, the, the, the fine line where we have to balance and make sure we're not, Oh, you know, charging something that people don't want to pay. Now, this community is traditionally doesn't want to pay for too much. You know, we found, um, and that's okay. I get it. You know, large families is expensive to go out to the movies or go to games. So, we're going to be sensitive to that. And, and that's and what do that, things. That, that's where the questions came yeah, from. That yeah. the fan because they 
continuously in the questioning, they came, my, yeah, my family, yeah. family four or five, you know, sure. it's a big deal. Yeah, we want to be a family, um, an option for families to come. Right. So I've got so. one quick question I want to get in. I just got the high sign, but I want to get this in. You had a husband and wife come up on the stage and say, I'd like to give $1 million yeah. to the women's softball program at Dixie State. Yep. You want to take just a few seconds and just say who they were yep. and what does that really sure. mean? It's um, Dennis and Diane Lyman yes. um, from here at St. George. They also split their time during the year in Wyoming. Um, you can probably figure out what time of the year they're there and what time of the year they're here. Um, but uh, they introduced themselves to me one day at the, when our offices were down in the Burns Arena, and I invited them to the game that night. They were just looking for how do you get tickets to games, and I said, well, actually, here here's some passes. Come tonight, be my guest. And we've just stayed in touch, but they have come to softball games and just fell in love with the softball team. That's fantastic. And they so they know we have a major need with that facility to upgrade it, and they called and said we want to help with that. And here you go. And the artist, uh, we saw the picture that you put up on the screen last week. Yeah, the uh, renderings. Yeah, state of the art. Yep. Uh, equivalent to the University of Utah. It's basically and here we are in Dixie State Division right. One. Wow. Yep. Wow. We, when we can pull that off uh it was a million dollars but to build that is five million dollars so we're 20 percent of the way there uh it's a great am amazing initial gift um and we're gonna get started and go out and raise some more money but with the announcement of division one hopefully that'll help oh, but sure. to have that sort of facility here that's a game changer yeah. to you know it, it it will establish our softball program as a legitimate powerful division one program just in the facility alone. And then you add in how good our program and coaches, athletes already are. Absolutely. It's going to be awesome. The history of that team. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. I guess I'm getting that high sign over here. I'm Unfortunately, we have to end this program. I, I'm just uh, so enthusiastic about the, uh, Me too. the decision. I know you are. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I just want to thank you for taking time. I don't, I'm going to let the listeners in on something. Today is uh, Dr. Booth's son's birthday. 15. And 15 today. And, um, uh, he actually took time out. He was supposed to have lunch with them today, and I convinced him to come here. And so that's a sacrifice. I really appreciate well, you being here. I probably did a favor, more of a favor to him <laughs> by not <laughs> having lunch so. with him. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. But uh, I really want to thank you. Uh, you've clarified, answered a lot of questions, and just excitement reigns, and we're moving forward. And, uh, wow. It's an exciting uh, time. Dixie State University yep. moving forward. Fantastic. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this concludes tips for this week, uh, uh, topics, issues, and positions. If you uh, want to hear our show, we're on every Friday at 3 p.m. on KDXI uh, 100.3 FM, as well as uh, on Saturday we rebroadcast this show at 5 p.m. on KDXI 100.3 FM. Also, if you want to take a look at us and and take a look at Dr. Booth and his smiley face. I don't know why he has a smile on his face. You think he got Division One or something? Oh, he did. That's right. Um, it's, it's uh, you can take a look at it on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, our podcast is Podbean. That's our affiliate there. And I guess, uh, I guess you can. All you have to do, those of you that have Alexis, just say Alexis Radio St. George Tips, and and Alexis will come back. So what program? And you just have to say Division One, and uh, they'll get it on the air for you. So. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much. I'll be back with you next week. Uh, this is Bob Oxley signing off, and please have a safe and enjoyable weekend.